time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always, your dark lord of knowledge, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And Big Johnny D. What's going on, Gorehounds? And fuck, there's no Bobby today. No, nope, no but Bobby. Tyler's here. What's up, Tyler? What's up, Tyler? What's up? Oh, hey, you beautiful oh, bastards. Robofuck, come in and... Strong. So today is February 24th, 2020, and we got a wonderful episode as we do everywhere for you, Gorehounds. But first, you know what time it is. It's time for your Slash Life. Big Johnny D, what'd you do? Uh, Well, this week we celebrated the kiddo's sixth birthday. Uh, So we had the uh, good old bowling party and uh, very fun. Drank a little bit, which is always nice. Cheap (laughs) pictures. she got some dude she got fucking she got so spoiled man it was like christmas 2.0 it was ridiculous 2.0 nice but my one buddy who uh it was funny because he actually has a birthday on the same day as her so he always tells her she stole it (laughs) Uh, he got her this fucking ridiculous huge ass nerf because he wanted something that would piss off the wife but something that i would enjoy so he got her this huge fucking like automatic nerf gun, well, semi-automatic nerf gun. So it's got a two trigger setup where you actually have to power it up and it like it'll wind up the fucking blower in it. And then you just hit the trigger rapid fire, dude. Nice. And it <laughs> fucking holds 25 rounds. It's ridiculous. That's sweet. Dude. She can't even lift it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, other than that, I treated myself a little bit to uh the 40th anniversary sweet alien toys <laughs> yeah awesome. boys exclusively at walmart even though i hate fucking walmart but you know what whatever they're awesome as fuck dude uh other than that nah man pretty chill week did some gaming uh watched aliens after getting the toys and then introduced my daughter to that you know which god damn it i love that movie and i cannot wait till we review it oh, that's gonna be a insane. total I mean, we already all know it's a five out of five going into I, it. But I, in all honesty, I have it scheduled, I think, for June, and I'm tempted to move it up just so we can watch it. <laughs> that's fair. I know you said you've been itching to watch it, so what happened, man? That, but which fun. version do we want to watch, though? The theatrical or the extended? Ah, like, questions. Director, directors, dude. Because if you watch theatrical, we don't get the fucking sweet canon scenes. Yeah, in the smart guys. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. So uh other than that man like i said pretty chill week so chad how was your week brother it was all right it was kind of uh we didn't really do much during the week but the flu hit the house uh coronavirus yeah the coronavirus (laughs) Uh, my wife was sick all week and then my son caught it my oldest daughter was sick the week before so literally the only ones that haven't been sick so far me and my youngest one so (laughs) knock on wood we don't get sick oh shit so they they started to feel better and saturday i got a chance to get out of the house (laughs) because I was bored as fuck. And <laughs> what the fuck? I'm <laughs> drunk and got lost. Nice. But yeah, I got out of the house and I kind of bored with all the games that I have. And uh, so I went out and picked a couple of new games up. I got Far Cry New Dawn. Nice. Ah. And uh, Bloodborne. 
Ah, there we go. Fuck What's up, Rain? So, yeah, that was about all I did. And then, you know, I just did some house cleaning, kind of relaxed around the house and work, 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 work this week. And that is work, about work, work. it. TJ, why don't you tell us about your week? OK, so I've had some of the worst week of my life. As you can see, I am. Gimped up. Almost fingerless, gimped up, taped up, whatever you want to say. Uh, had a little accident with a knife. Cutting board was talking shit. And 21 stitches later, we are here, folks. Uh, won't get into much of the blood and guts uh was wonderful fucking arterial spray in my kitchen that's all i'm gonna say it looked like norman bates visited my bathroom as well you should have taken pictures at least. i know you guys would have loved it but anyway uh we did get some, we did get some sweet pictures of the uh the actual yes the fingers sliced open though yeah those were uh fucking gnarly and shout yeah. out to the awesome hospital staff that made me wait four and a half hours before they sutured me up Definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I was beneficial. wondering why it was taking you so long. Where'd you go? Where do you think I went? Clarion. Yep. Big surprise. Yeah. Fuck those guys. But got a really cool visitor today. Uh, Gore Hound Seth Snyder came up from uh, is it Maryland where yes, he lives. Now? It was Maryland. Uh, to visit the Gormore studio here. And we sat. Um, Seth, I'm sorry. I missed you, buddy. I know it's been you know a couple of years since we've seen each other, so I'm really sorry. But uh, he came up here. We uh, he looked at the studio, checked out all the cool stuff we have up here. Uh, talk shop. Uh, he's going to be working a little bit behind the scenes with me on a project that I'm working on with Mick Strawn that will be announced next month, motherfuckers. So nice. stay tuned. Nice. Uh, it's going to be a big one. Rain says, ouch. Yes, it did hurt like a motherfucker. Oh, yes. And by the way, hello, Rain. I didn't say hi to you. I'm sorry. Yes. The wonderful, the beautiful bitch. rain, everyone. Woo! So anyway, back to my story. Really fucking busy week because I've been just fucking getting my fit. Like literally Friday, two and a half hours at the doctor's office getting dried <laughs> gauze out of my stitches. They just had to pick it out with a pair of tweezers. That sucked. Mm, so yeah. it's just a lot of medical bullshit. But we're here, motherfuckers, to give you a review of 2002's Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Which, looking back, I guess your 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 incident with the knife is almost kind of fitting for this with all yes. the gore and everything that's in this movie. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Body horror galore. Oh, it is. Hi. hi, Heather. I see you down there. Oh, Heather. Hi, Chad. <laughs> Great to see you. Yeah, he's no longer Come the on. disembodied voice that... Uh, <laughs> He's just the flu. Dude, we could have made Chad like a zombie or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mecca like a high, Mecca kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yes. But yes, uh, Bobby is not here today due to some bad White Castle burgers. Uh, he We're not be, even making that up either. We that can't make it happened. up. Uh, so he will be back next week. Uh, butthole intact, I hope. Uh, <laughs> Monster Mania is only a couple weeks away, buddy. Get that fucker back that 100%. That would have been a perfect time to pull up that soundbite. The what soundbite? <laughs> my ass is wore out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ass is wore out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, guys, let's get to our review of 2002's Cabin Fever, directed by Eli Roth, written by Eli Roth, Randy Perlstein, what a name, produced by Lauren Meow, Sam Frolic. <laughs> What a fucking name, Evan Astrowski? Astro Whiskey, right? Astrowski, maybe? Astrowski, that's right. Al Eli Roth again, starring Ryder Strong. God, he's feminine as Paul. <laughs> Jordan Ladd as Karen. James DeBello as Bert. Serena Vincent as Marcy. Joey Kern as Jeff. Ari 
Vervine as Henry the Hermit. Giuseppe Andrews. How the fuck did I get that right? As <laughs> Stephanie Winston. Hey, hey, even a bloke, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Roth as Justin slash Grimm. Music by Nathan Barr. Cinematography by Scott Keevan. Edited by Ryan Falseed. Distributed by Lionsgate Films. Released September 12, 2003. Runtime of 94 midgets. Budget 1.5 million. Gross 30.5 million. Chad, say the catchphrase, motherfucker! Roll that beautiful bean footage. You know when you've known someone a long time and you want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. We don't even have to look at the trailer. Fuck this. Oh. This is an awkward scene. 36 <laughs> people viewing right now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out to all the gorehounds listening. We love you guys. I feel nauseous. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, not funny. <laughs> it can attack any time. Can you help me? No, 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 no. She's not coming near me! You guys gonna kill each other now? I like how this makes it seem so serious. Help me. I need need a doctor. I don't wanna get sick. I don't want any of us getting sick. We just don't wanna get it. I see what we got here right now. He's coming towards us! Alright, back off. He looked like he was skinned alive. The party man. Is he safe? The party man. Hey, do you see the tagline? There, terror in the flesh. We haven't seen that. Literally in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get on with this amazing review. Uh, Guys, <laughs> so I believe this was my pick. Yeah, uh, was it yours? I thought it was Bobby's. So let's do a plot rundown. Who wants to do that? Was it? Was it Bobby's? I don't know. I yeah, this remember. is a Bobby pick. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, do a plot rundown. It's been a while. Yeah. So, as a last hurrah after college, friends Jeff, Karen, Paul, Marcy, and Bert embark on a vacation deep in the mountains. With the top down and the music up, they drive to a remote cabin to enjoy the last days of descendants before entering the working world. Then somebody gets sick. Karen's skin starts to bubble and burn as something grows inside of her, and it's not a baby. <laughs> Tunneling beneath her flesh. Ha-ho. The group is so repulsed, shocked, and sickened, watching their friend deteriorate. Before their eyes, they lock her in a shed to avoid affection. I mean... Logical thing to do. That was so hilarious, by the way. They're like, oh, I don't want to get sick. Let's throw in the fucking shed. I mean, when all I else mean, fails. Yeah. Quarantine, yo. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> Sorry. That is just like Evil Dead. Yeah. It, it, it really is. So as they debate about how to save her, they look at one another and realize that any of them could have could have also have it. What soon began as a struggle against the disease turns into a battle against friends as the fear of contagion drives them to turn on each other. The kids' comfort of terror and having a kill to kill anyone who comes near them even if it's their closest friend their survivors have to find help before they're allowed all before they're all killed by the virus or by the local lynch mob out to destroy anyone who may have come in contact with it and what a lynch mob it is people Mm -hmm. so general discussion time i love that you started doing live video up heather before we start i love that you started doing live video podcast we still just get the audio for the trailers i will fix it stop complaining (laughs) Uh, one step at a time yeah she said it works somehow baby steps baby steps anyway chad johnny thoughts feelings 
Okay, first I'll um, say that whole lynch mob thing was like three guys. Yeah. Hell <laughs> <laughs> of a lynch yeah, mob. Yeah, but it was still awesome. And the pancake kid. Oh, the, the backflipping pancake kid. He has some fucking ninja skills, bro. Does. The he reason really that was does. thrown in, and it's in my notes, is because uh, in between takes, the kid was practicing his taekwondo, and Eli Roth is really impressed, so they decide to throw that scene in. What? Dude, I was too, man. Like, I wasn't expecting the whole fucking flip kick and everything. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> and I, and I, I mentioned this in the chat. I swear to God, until the dad came out and said, you know, why'd you sit next to him or whatever, I thought that was a little girl. Yeah, same here. Same here. Yep. It kind of looked like uh, Jennifer Banco, the little girl from... Uh, it, it was a weird wig. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Yeah, thing. you're right. Yeah. Also, Friday 13th, part 7. Yes, yeah, so I was getting Bingo. To that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Which, by nice. the way, she does not look so bad now. Oh. Really, it's really funny because... So now, you know what? Like, like, yep. I am not even going to... No Friday the 13th sidebar. Uh, no, <laughs> it'll happen. But by the way, she is a Pittsburgh girl, too. Ah, the best. I'm not changing. I'm not complaining. Don't change it. Won't change a thing. Don't have to worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but getting back to this. Yeah, this was a hell of a movie. And uh, you guys, was it your first time seeing it? Second. It was my first time. Mm. My first time. Oh, I didn't, I didn't first know what I was getting into. Get. Yeah. Well, how was the first time experience, boys? I really enjoyed it. Ooh, I, I did as well. And I think uh, I think the fact that it was there was a lot of comedy in it. Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of necessary when you're taking such a dark subject like a flesh-eating virus. Yeah. And the comedy helped lighten the mood a little bit. I think if it was done seriously, I don't think it would have done as well. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, I think the, the way this film is so over the top and it's such a product of its time and we discussed this earlier. Mm -hmm. It's yes. so, it, it's just, it's so perfect. Right. It's such a, it's such a shitty 2003 film. And I don't, Dude. I don't think that any of the main characters were necessarily likable and I think they did that intentionally because you just wanted bad shit to happen to them. Uh, no, Tyler. No. Uh, clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, this film is just the right amount of shitty for me. And it's really enjoyable the whole way throughout. And I found myself just loving, like, quoting little quotes here. Uh, like, literally that scene where Eli Roth comes out of the woods. And he's like, I guess you guys don't want to smoke all this weed. That then. was hilarious. <laughs> Dude, no, come he, on over. <laughs> he was so fucking 2002. Oh, like, right. Snowboard, oh, that's my skater name, man. Grim. <laughs> <laughs> he had that little fucking like toenail of a yeah. thing fucking hanging with the huge fucking. Oh, Question God. for you, John. What was your yeah. skater name? What was my skater name? Yeah. What was your skater name? Uh. My nickname always was Big D, but that started ah. from hockey. So, and it's kind of transitioned onto your on-screen personality. Yep, Big ah. Johnny D. They do the call him that for a reason. It is girthy, folks. Uh, <laughs> Chad, <laughs> like a soup can. Uh, <laughs> you know, go, going back to the whole Eli Roth thing, it makes yes. you wonder if he was actually acting or if that's just how he is. Right? Normally. Is he that douchey? Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> you know, that's that's well, the problem. Um, going into this movie. Uh, and if anybody's ever seen a fucking Eli Roth movie, yeah, I feel like you already kind of like set yourself up for a certain kind of level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, all right, this is going to be a little ridiculous. But whatever. <laughs> and I think this was like one of his first real big budget movies, if I'm not correct. But this right? is yes. the exact type of movie that we had in mind when we made this show. I think this was actually his first movie. Oh, okay. That would make yeah. sense then. Yeah. That was his um, directorial debut yeah. or whatever, because uh, I honestly Oscar thought came out he, like a year or two after, I think. And then that's where he really blew up, huh? Yeah. I thought it was him playing porn. that fucking uh, the bald psycho guy in the that, bowling. That, that's his brother. It's in the, right. I saw that in the credits. I, yeah, I thought I it had was to too. 
Well, it's the fucking eyebrows, dude. He's got those Ed Boon goddamn eyebrows. <laughs> that yeah, Shad knows at least. <laughs> That's a Mortal Kombat reference. Mortal Kombat. Um, but no, man, it was an awesome dude. Great amount of gore. Yeah, yeah. like I, you know, it made me nostalgic for the early two thousands for a quick second. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the dialogue guys, the in way it is something guys... to. The way those guys talk is a lot like how we talk during the show. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. ridiculous. <laughs> and I, it was one thing I actually brought up to the wife. And one thing I miss from the early 2000s is women's jeans, dude. Ah, that, yes. Was that, that a direct super... chainsaw reference, by the way, when they zoom in on our ass? What was that? Was that a Texas Chainsaw reference whenever she goes to turn around the I corner and then that camera angles up on her ass while she's walking? I, don't think I, even I feel like that's just a horror good shot of tits and ass. I mean, well, usually... that was originally done in Texas Chainsaw 1 whenever she's right. approaching the house. And I feel like that's been replicated in Easter egg sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like that's possible. What it is. If you got anyone, any listeners out there right now, think, agree with me, post it in the comments. And by the way, I think there was just, a, I think there's a lot of nods. Like you already said, the, yeah. uh, well, let, there me was, just, let me just hold it, pause that for a second. You can mention, yeah. you know, one of the great things about the early 2000 movies was the women's jeans, because now in mm. horror movies, you have men wearing the women's jeans. Oh, there mm. we go. Tight pants no, and all now. Cause, cause now the women's jeans go up like really high, like in the eighties. Yeah. And I'm, I miss that like low cut fucking just, Yeah. Hey, just wait till those '90s fashions start rolling back around. You're gonna, re- but we're really gonna the Jenko jeans, yeah. baby. But here's up. the thing: we got to at some point we got to appreciate the high waisted, though. Think of high waisted thongs in the '80s. We got yeah, full, we got weird, full butt dude. cheek. They got, then. They, they, it's called long butt, dude. It just doesn't. I don't like <laughs> long that, butt. Like, Sergonia Weaver, perfect example of long butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway enough about underwear and long butt uh <laughs> back to the cabin fever no, it's getting a little hot no, in here dude, guys this, Woo! this movie was uh it was great man yep, and yeah. like you guys said the great amount of gore great amount of comedy it worked mm-hmm. out perfectly it's a nice balance of both mm-hmm. I mean, the there's even a couple of scratch your head moments of just whether it was the comedy sections or the actual horror of just like, what the fuck is going on? And then I know John's going to have a couple really good questions when yes. we get down to it. I've got some questions, too. <laughs> I'm sure we all do. And we'll answer them the best that we can. But did you guys notice after <laughs> after uh, Dennis bit the guy and the guy's like, we should have a sign, sign up. There's there. a that sign. There. <laughs> do not sit next to Dennis. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, fuck yeah. So, moving on, moving, moving on. So, Chad, yeah. Uh, Chad, what do we got for behind the scenes stuff? Uh, John was getting ready to say something. Oh, John? Uh... Oh, no, I was just going to say another cliche, uh, seeing you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is just the um, old town gas station. Yep. The mm-hmm. first stop. That's that's perfect horror cliche. Like, this was definitely uh, a love letter, I would say, from... Uh, also, I feel like the shopkeeper is going to be Lance when he gets older. <laughs> By the way, my, I was watching that. I was watching the live stream of that. Yes. When my wife came out from getting a shower, she goes walking out this confused look on her face. It's like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> Dude, that live stream and whole fucking drawing thing was such a shit show. But <laughs> By the way, a little shout out. Congratulations to the guys at Cabin 13. Yes. Both Corey Fuck Kaufman. Fuck you, guys. <laughs> Fuck you. Both Corey Kaufman and Dale Silva won 
the uh, the Masked by Lance contest, mm-hmm. which if I didn't see the live stream myself, I would not have believed it. Yeah. Watching it actually completely random. It's like, Jesus Christ, swept by Cabin 13. So congratulations to you, you lucky bastard. Also, they only won because right before that, Chad jinxed me. He said, yeah. good luck to everyone except TJ Bowser. Fucking asshole. I had it in the bag. Hey, <laughs> since I just brought that up, why don't we take a little commercial break? Okay, well, you guys got to keep talking because I'm a little uh, gimped out here. So it might take a little oh, bit longer f- for that's me. <laughs> no, that's yo. Can we let's just talk real quick? Yes. Finger up the butt. Oh, <laughs> full <laughs> fucking ejaculation the there. What? That fucking threw me for it. You know, we don't find quality girls like that anymore. We need no, to see, we need adventurous girls who are just willing to, you know, go knuckle deep. Not just that, but the whole thing about, you know, when you're on a plane, it's about to, about to go down. You just want to fuck the person right next to you. <laughs> Damn. Right. And then next scene, literally, she's riding fucking goddamn By the Sean. way, Johnny, real quick. Yeah. Do you know what she was in before this? You recognize her from any, any possible kids show? Power Rangers? Yep. She's the Yellow Ranger in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Yep. Lost I never, Galaxy! I never, made I, I never watched it either, but I should. I brought up to teachers like, holy shit, you're right! Really? Oh, yeah. I'm the Power Rangers guy. Anyway, speaking of sponsors, Adblock, as recommended by Dale Silva from Cabin 13. Fuck you. Love it. Hello there, creepy girls. Do you like spooky things and horror movies? Then Cabin 13 has the stuff for you. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, bins, busts, action figures, collectibles, and more. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to visit Cabin13.com and buy something, or I'll kill you! Marcia Charlie's Horror Costume Studios. Premium hand-sculpted latex masks, busts, and hoods. Everything is handmade and painted by Marcio himself. Be sure to check out his wide range and selection of products over at Facebook and Instagram at Horror Costume Studios. Hey, you out there. Hey, listener. Take a look at yourself. Want to know why you look like shit? Because you aren't wearing Dubak merch. Take your ugly ass over to DubakDiscussion.net and click on the merch tab. Pick up some hot fucking swag, then you can become a sexual Tyrannosaurus, just like us. Like Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Graveyard Classics. Horror-themed tees and posters, professional in-house screen printing, and clay prints. Powered by Death Style Art and Graphics. Go see what you can dig up over at GraveyardClassics.net. Come on down to Mask by the Lance. Premium Friday the 13th custom-made hockey mask. Down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mask by Lance. Go order one now, boy. <laughs> God, I had just as much fun recording those commercials as I do playing them. <laughs> I love how that actually does sound a lot like Lance, too. <laughs> I never even heard him talk until then. That was great. Heather says, my merch is supposed to be delivered by Wednesday. Then you can stop looking like shit, girl. Anyway. (laughs) We got some fucking shows to do. Chad, what? Let's take a peek behind that curtain. Let's do this. While filming a particularly bloody scene, Ryder Strong, douchebag, decided to go for a walk in the woods between setups. Covered head to toe in blood, he happened upon a group of 35 schoolgirls who were on a field trip. The girls screamed at the sight of his blood-drenched hiker, 
and then screamed even louder than when they realized he was the star of Boy Meets World. <laughs> the girls chased Ryder through the woods. Strong eventually made it back to the film crew and vowed never to wander off between scenes again. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> crew member Robert Jones took home the decapitated body prop once the film wrapped and was pulled over while driving home by police officers at gunpoint who thought the corpse in the passenger seat was real. <laughs> the police held Jones at gunpoint until they were able to confirm the lifelike body was only a prop. No shit. Yes, shit. That's awesome. <laughs> Peter Jackson stopped production on Lord of the Rings Return of the King three times to screen this movie for the entire crew. Mm -hmm. Jackson was so enthusiastic about the film, he gave director Eli Roth publicity quotes. Wow. And I know how much you love Lord of the Rings there, buddy. Three fucking movies of walking. <laughs> Never seen them. <laughs> Don't waste your time. I like them. I mean, I'm not going to sit and watch them. To each his own. Lot. A bad opinion's a bad opinion. You're allowed to have one. <laughs> so, not bad. I feel like that's fucking undercover brother would be like, hey, but you wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, during her sex scene with Ryder Strong, douchebag, yep. Eli Roth wanted Serena Vincent to be completely naked, but Vincent, who had previously played a student who never wore clothes in Not Another Teen Movie, mm. was concerned that overexposing herself would lead to her being typecast as a nude scene chick and refused to bear her rear in Cabin Fever. The standoff between the director and actress became so intense that Vincent informed Roth that if he truly wanted a naked ass in the scene, he would have to get another actress to play the role of Marcy. Eventually, the two hammered out a compromise. Vincent would show one inch of her ass on film, no more, no less. When the scene was set to be filmed, Roth brought along a ruler and literally measured one inch of Vincent's butt crack. <laughs> Bed sheets were then taped to her ass at the designated level before the sex scene was shot. Ironically, Vincent later volunteered to bare her breasts in a scene that didn't call for them. During the bathroom scene where she discovers the rashes on her back, the script had her wearing a robe, which she lowered when she turned her back to the mirror. But Vincent thought this scenario was too unrealistic and volunteered to do it topless. So she gave shit about showing her ass, but was completely cool with showing her titties. Hey, gotta love that. That's fucking gotta, logic. Gotta love those hey, man. actors. You know what? Whatever. Fuck yeah. you, Brody. What? Fuck you. More power to her. I stand behind her. <laughs> no, we're not even doing this. This isn't fucking bash on me for just before dawn day. <laughs> Continue, Chad. Sound mixer John Neff survived the real flesh-eating bacteria, which he contracted in a hospital during minor surgery. It took 13 days of nonstop intensive care to save his life. Neff maintains the makeup in the film is 100% accurate. Okay. Director Eli Roth originally got the idea for this movie while working in Iceland on a horse farm. He got such a bad skin infection from the rotting hay in the barn that his face broke out in sores, bled, and peeled off when he shaved. Mm. Nice. Yeah. That was an intense scene, dude. Like, oh my god, dude! I was like, Ugh. that. Okay, so if we don't, if we can sidebar, but it's still Absolutely. about the movie, obviously. Um. So this movie, and it kind of being in that two thousands, early whatever. Um, those scenes kind of reminded me of almost like Final Destination. You know what I mean? Like they, it was like a really long setup, but you knew what was coming. But it was still just so like fucking nail biting and like cringy. You're like, oh, In all honesty, I, don't I was see expecting this that scene to be a little bit worse. I was expecting like to the razor to actually peel back. That's what skin. I was expecting too. Oh. Like I was just like, oh, and like <clears throat> my wife's watching there. With the fucking blanket up like this, like just ready to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty intense. I was expecting it to be 
Far more worse. Thank God it wasn't. But oh, speaking yeah. of your wife, I got bestowed with the friend request. Ooh. Oh, I'm, I'm officially in the circle. If, if uh, also, she's actually wearing her Gordonmore shirt right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, continuing on. Uh, the audition scene, the producers chose for actresses who wanted to play Marcy was her notorious It's Like Being on a Plane scene, in which Marcy compares her dire situation to being on a plane doomed to crash. This was an unfortunate choice on the part of the producers, as was the scheduled date for the auditions, September 11th, 2001. The producers made efforts to call off the auditions, but due to the general chaos ripping the U.S. that day, they found it impossible to contact many of the actresses before the scheduled audition times. Consequently, the auditions went ahead as planned. Serena Vincent's portrayal of this scene won the role of Marcy. So there's like a whole lot of bad luck that happened around this. Nice. Wow. I mean, it's not cursed, but it's just like a bunch of unfortunate events yeah. going on. Right. The brand of beer seen on top of the fridge as Jeff takes all the beer and abandons his friends. Arrogant bastard ale. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. The pancakes, hey man, that was smart on him, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pancake scene was made up during filming after Eli Roth saw Matthew Helms practicing Taekwondo <laughs> during a break. He discovered that Helms had, was a real-life black belt, so he decided to add the scene to give a chance for Helms to show what he could do. And it was awesome. <laughs> and, and weird as fuck. Yeah. So with Pancakes! <laughs> that was I like how it was in slow-mo and shit, yeah. dude. <laughs> I still don't understand, like, the pancake slide. Was it just something he said just to be... Why not, dude? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> The original killer dog, Jake, was hired without a rehearsal and sight unseen because Eli Roth loved the idea of using the dog in the Patrick Swayze movie Black Dog and thereby being only two degrees from Swayze. The problem was the dog was then, by then, four years older, arthritic, and tired. After a full day of shooting, and if all the, and if all the few second bits were spliced expertly together, they only had about a minute or so of used footage. All dog scenes had to be reshot with a new dog. With no time or money to find a replacement, the producers cast a real police attack dog that was so vicious and unpredictable no actors could appear with it on camera. The crew would hide behind trucks during its scenes, and cameras were operated by remote control. God damn. And, dude, that dog is, like, in the movie, quote-unquote, that dog is fucking crazy, that man. Dog he was rips vicious. that bitch. Before it even does the zoom in on the whole time, I'm like, yo, is that a fucking foot? <laughs> and then straight up zooms in. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that dog went to town. It's a fucking foot. <laughs> it was a fucking foot. With the, with the flip-flop still on it. That was, it was awesome. When Marcy sleeps with Paul, it wasn't meant to seem so sudden. Scenes that were filmed but not included in the final movie show, Marcy and Paul becoming closer before it happened. As the... TJ, you like this. As the film progresses, the light levels become increasingly darker. Yes. This is partially by design and partially due to circumstance. In some scenes, the film's color correction and underexposure is deliberately darkened, but when Joey Kern was injured on set, it caused many on-the-fly on changes to the shooting schedule. As a result, many of the scenes that take place inside the cabin on the last day, such as Serena Vincent's leg shaving and sex scenes with Ryder Strong, were actually filmed in the middle of the night. The light from the windows is all artificial, which makes it dimmer than genuine sunlight, and hence makes the scene darker. Okay. That makes total sense, actually. Okay. Jordan Ladd's distress during her final faceless scene was genuine, as she had just moments earlier seen herself with the gruesome mask on in a mirror for the first time, and the sight reportedly drove her to tears. That is fucking terrifying makeup. It is, it is top-notch stuff. That was really, really disturbing. 
The awkwardness during the impromptu sex scene between Serena Vincent and Ryder Strong drew from the genuine awkwardness between the two actors at the time, particularly their involuntarily bodily responses to the action. Strong reportedly said to Vincent while the scene was being filmed that it was very unsexy. His character seems to have the exact same sentiments. Yeah, that was, uh, it was awkward. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Winston says party or any form of the word a total of 15 times. No shit. Dude, that was one weird fucking dude to begin with. Yeah. Even the dog got a piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's Love it. Ooh, yeah. Won't well, we won't be easy. Bite the pillow. We're going in dry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, an unreleased scene, which would have gone shortly after Jeff and Marcy's sex scene, showed them having a violent fight, complete with them throwing objects at one another, as well as harsh verbal abuse. It was intended to add another layer, layer to their relationship and depict them as being locked in a volatile pattern of passionate sex and passionate aggression. Ah. So he didn't like the finger in the butt. I'm guessing not. Okay. He sure didn't seem to mind it at the time, though. No. <laughs> None of the main characters actually died from the disease. You're right. That is very Fucking true. A. The original release had a brief mention at the end by the authorities about finding a dead body in the basement with uh -huh. no explanation to the audience as to who they were talking about. This refers to a deleted scene where Paul throws one of the dying rednecks who were there to try and kill him into the cabin's previously unseen basement. Okay, so I was going to guess that's the dude who got hit in the face in the yes. doorway because yeah. you don't actually see him die. I was wondering that too, and I, I that boy, like, buggy me. What was day. in the box? That's going to be no questions, big questions. I, I, I knew that was going to be one of the questions. Stop it! If John didn't ask it, I was going to. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that that was bugging me all the, all day yesterday until I started doing my behind the scenes, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Serena Vincent's depressed demeanor during her final scenes after Jeff leaves her was enhanced by the filming conditions. It was well after midnight for most of those scenes, and the set was freezing cold. As if that wasn't enough, she was naked for most of those scenes. Also, she mm. hadn't even expected to film those scenes on that particular day. Some accidents on set meant that the filming schedule had to be changed on the fly, meaning that Serena suddenly had to prepare for sex and nude scenes she thought weren't being filmed for some time yet. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like, surprise, you're naked today. Uh, definitely surprise sex like uh like the surprise finger in the butt oh yeah <laughs> both always welcome it was just such a fucking like just jarring like wow <laughs> did not ex just out of left field completely. would you say this is the first mainstream movie to show surprise finger in the butt i would have to say i don't think it was it, widely accepted milking the prostate was not a very widely accepted thing i was gonna say as far as from what i've seen ever <laughs> out of all movies yes yes Wait. Unless you can't. Or, what? Was Road Trip before this? I think Road, Road Trip? Trip? Yeah. Road Trip was like 98. Okay, so I think, I think, I think we might. Oh, okay. So this is, the, this is the second coming of the finger in the book. Oh. Puns for days. Continue. Oh, that's, that's all I got for behind <laughs> oh, the scenes. Okay, so moving on with the show as we always do. Johnny, ask your questions. Well, seeing you. Uh, we already kind of brought it up. Gentlemen, what's in the box? The fuck if I know, bro. <laughs> I want to know what's in the fucking box. They like talked about that like really. And then they just left it nothing. This is like, all right, thanks. That's a very good question. <laughs> what the fuck? It's probably going to end up being like the suitcase or the briefcase in fucking Pulp Fiction. You're never going to find out. Right. It's Fair just enough. that. 
And maybe, Dude. Maybe it was just stuff that let the whole fucking cabin on fire and burned them all alive. Like, he was, like, trying to, like, get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that it's very strange. And, like, can I also talk about something like how aggressive Ryder turns, like, at the end? Mm-hmm. Like, full-on fucking slasher killer. Like, well, okay, so actually, I'm glad you brought that up, because that was another question, is do you think he did that because he was infected? Or... Like, was it the infection turn make him kind of like tweak out a little bit? I think he was still on this whole I can get better thing. So, like, if I kill these people and survive, I can get better. Well, we know know a fever is part of the the, the disease. Right. uh, Maybe it was just delirium brought on by the fever. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the whole idea of going, of cabin fever is being stir crazy anyways, being stuck. Yeah. So, you know, him just... But he doesn't realize he's infected until he sees the thing on his hand and he hits the deer. Oh, no, he knew he was infected before that. No, I feel like he was infected way before that. He was, but I don't think he, like, really noticed it until he goes to adjust the mirror and he sees the rash on his hand. No, no, didn't he pull up his shirt earlier and he had no, the rash No, that was the dumb dude. Yeah. I thought they both did that. No. No. Remember the dumb dude I, laid against a truck and he unzipped his pants see, and he looked down and right by his crotch was the starting of the, the rash. Okay. Ryder doesn't realize it until he's adjusting the mirror and then he hits the deer. That was another thing, too, is his character, as many times, like, you have no idea actually when he gets infected, because you can make a list of how many times he potentially gets infected. I can tell you exactly when he got infected. Okay. When he he fingered her? When he banged the hot chick. That's true. That's his his first exposure. Yes. You don't think it's when he fingered her? No. No, it was it was one in one of the show notes. I didn't put in here, but yes. That would be... He got it from having sex with her. Bodily fluid exchange, right? Okay. Which, here's another question, which, it's not really a question, but... What did he pour on his dick? Listerine. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it burns. Oh, man. All right. So yeah, we, got what, that. we got what is in the box. Um, okay. So what the fuck is with that cop scene? What, at the end? No. Where he, he showed up. up like He was just oh. totally. There's a whole bloody fucking Jeep and he's just nonchalantly not giving a shit. He about was a it. fucking weird guy. <laughs> You're just a bigger bang backfire. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Robofuck just literally asked the same question we yeah. asked with the deputy. See, hey man, the party man. He's 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 just a crooked cop who just uses his position to exploit underage girls to party with them. Because, like he said, yeah, I, uh, I was looking for that 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 underage party that was reported. Like, so that's what that's what he's talking about is the, the party. The funny thing is, he's like a sheriff's deputy, and you don't even have to be a, a real fucking cop <laughs> to be a deputy. You can literally deputize anyone. Yeah. Oh, really I love his little crustache, dude. That guy like that was the best. Dude, it's it's like he's over the top weird, but like that scene of him driving him at the end was kind of creepy. He's like a less intelligent Deputy Dewey from Scream. <laughs> I, I felt like that little end scene where he was driving him actually kind of like, like it really changed his character a lot because you're just like, oh, he's not just like that. I mean, he is still a dumb idiot, but you know what I mean? Like you knew what he was going to do. We could only hope, Brody. We can <laughs> only hope. <laughs> Um, I don't just like that. Fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. I hate her. Yeah, fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> so this was like a weird, and we've talked about this. Um, there's an assumption that he fingered her leg. 
How do you guys feel about that? Because I feel like that's weird. I don't think that's what happened. I though. think she was just bleeding out of all the fucking holes in her body, and that he well, just. Well, that's he, what I, I was guessing because she was you leg with his hand and found that because Fair she enough. was she was very into it. And I don't think if you were fingering somebody's open wound on their leg, you're gonna be. Thank moving. you, because that's what I'm saying. Because like when so my wife, like I said, she's seen this before I did, and she was like, "Yeah, he fingers her leg." While I'm watching, I'm like. You sure he's fingering her leg? Because she seems very euphoric for getting a fucking like finger jabbed in her fucking thigh. But uh, I'm going with TJ. I think the whole, I think everything down there was just starting to get nasty. Yeah, wasn't just the legs. You know what I mean? I like, feel like they, she would start deteriorating from the inside out before like the out started showing. So I feel like that's how like they started like you know because then she so, after that she started getting bad on the outside. So when we ever if we if we ever get to it and. I'm hoping we will, and when we get to it, uh, I believe it's the third one. Patient Zero kind of redoes this scene, but takes it maybe to the next base. Oh, and uh, yeah, he pulls I, his it, dick out and it's bloody. What? Oh wait, wait, please, please tell me. It's oh actually- wait, no, he she, he goes down on her. Wait. Oh. Hey, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> A little bit of chunk in there. Oh, <laughs> oh dude. <laughs> oh, but we got to get past the second one anyways before we yeah. get to that one. So I thought you were implying that it was like the other way around where he's getting like a reach around. It just Ooh. falls off her hand. Nope. No, that's Don't. in the remake coming up where it's all male. <laughs> Wait, a remake of a remake? Yeah, remake of a remake. Black Christmas. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I kinda wanna watch the remake of this now though, a little bit. Yeah, this just is to see what the, the hell they yeah. did. Like if the if the only thing they did was just take out the jokes where everybody was calling each other gay because it was 2003, <laughs> like that would be the only thing I could possibly see. Because other than that, the movie's pretty fucking solid. What? So you like, like me now? Quit being gay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so gay, God. <laughs> Uh, 2000 fucking three. You gotta, you gotta put Heath's quote, quote up there. Um, <laughs> oh, I did. You can't tell a leg from a hoo ha. You really fucking I didn't even see it on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys? Uh, I want to know. This isn't a uh, super question about like what happened in the movie, but what was on or who was on the dumb guy's shirt in the night scene? Did you guys notice? Tell me, tell me, daddy. Oh shit, I did see. What the hell was that? He's like Mario, but cooler. He even played Mario in one movie. Out of the thousands of movies he's played in. Yep. Fucking Mr. Ron Jeremiah. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh so hard, dude, because I was just like, fucking Ron Jeremy shirt, dude. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. All right, and uh, let's see. Got a couple. Um, we'll end it with this one, gentlemen. Who was the gun for? <laughs> that was for the three dark complected uh, people at the end, who must have been getting it restored at the the fine establishment that is the general store. Dude, that was fantastic because when they asked that, who answered? <laughs> he was being honest. I was like, oh. Yeah, that was a it very cringe with it. Cringe was really like, I really literally, like, oh god, no. it was just a really crude way. And like to us, it's like, whoa, whoa, right? But like 2003, <laughs> that one is like, oh, okay. Oh no, I think right. in 2003, you, I don't think it was as, as edgy, not as edgy, but it yeah. was still pretty yeah. edgy back then. 
And then at the end, it kind of comes around full circle. I <laughs> and what the hell was so with that hard. end scene, dude? Right? Like they all just had a straight Word. up street party, dude. Oh, or the after credit scene. Did you guys watch the after credit scene? No. I it's all. Oh, really it's literally just the fucking shop owner standing there and he goes, Word. And the screen goes black. Damn it. I'm saying it. Oh, that shopkeeper was fantastic. That's just an older Lance, guys. We've established this. Oh, man. But, dude, this movie was, it was great. Made you laugh. It made you fucking cringe. It was a good horror movie, man. It was. It had everything you want from a horror movie. Absolutely. Chad, questions? Yeah, Chad, you said you had some questions, bud. Uh, You know, I think you touched on all the questions that I think I was going to, because I definitely wanted to ask about the box. Can you go to our, can you read off the favorites for me? Read off the favorites? Like, for our next section of the show. Ah, uh, yeah, our questions. Our questions. Our questions. Yes, I can. Uh, questions. What was your favorite kill? We're not going to go with douche. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Douche of the movie is before that. Sorry. Douche of the movie. Clearly, uh, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what you <laughs> Yes, Heath. It is, and we're trying to avoid it by all fucking costs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, Jeff was definitely douche of the movie. Yeah, I Jeff's douche of the movie. The sheriff comes in a close second. Yes. <laughs> like, right, See, I thought he was just comedy whatever. relief, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was easy to answer. So now, moving on. Favorite kill. Favorite Ooh. kill. This is hard, because there's some good ones. I really like when he beats the shit out of her with a shovel. The mercy kill. It's so yeah. fucking brutal. Dude. Right? He yeah. had a fucking gun. He could have literally just went and one ca- one captor right in the head, been done with it. But no, we're going to fucking beat the shit out of her with a shovel. Even a damn decapitation with the shovel would have been more merciful than that. Right? You could have went Evil Dead style, yeah. fucking just a good old right through the neck. Um, it's just bludgeoning her to death. It's yeah, like I, I, I honestly think that that's my favorite kill because it's just so fucking brute force and brutal. It's yeah. I'm going to have to go with the quad kill at the end, dude. The okay. Open the door. Hello. Shotgun to the fucking face. Mace to the fucking chin of that guy yep. who shoots the dad. And then the other big dude gets a fucking screwdriver in the ear. It was so intense and so fast. I was just like, holy fuck. I think I want to go one step further and say Jeff's death getting shot like 30 fucking times as he left the cabin. Yeah, that, that was, was brutal. brutal. That was very Jason goes to hell. Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. That was actually pretty sweet, especially because the buildup of uh, how uh, what I made it. He's like, I, I made it. And you were just like, no, you fucking did it. Come <laughs> on, where is you were just waiting for it though, dude? And they they like handed out so well. I was full on expecting that too because they made mention before so finding all the bodies there, and he just shows up, and the bodies are still there. I'm like, the cops have got to be lurking around there somewhere too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then I have to give honorable mention to harmonica choke death. That was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Fuck it. What was what was he? Uh it was because it was smashed in with the guitar, if mm-hmm. I believe, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad they went back to it when he fell into the ground because I wasn't sure if I like I, I was like, he's like, like he just choke on this? He's like struggling to breathe and you hear the harmonica playing. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Eli Roth, dude. He's oh, fucking nuts, great. dude. Great. Okay, uh, so we all answered, right? Yes. Okay, that brings us to best scene. The car scene. When he gets in the car, they literally just, they do everything but stop him. They're just, oh, like, he goes to hit him and he's just beating the back of the fucking seat. They hit everything except for him. Exactly. And they go, and the guy's just, <laughs> bang, 
Bang! Quit shooting the car! Bang! <laughs> it's... That was good, dude. And then they fucking just end up lighting on the fire at the end. Like, but think about it. It's just fuck. sheer panic. Like, anybody would have reacted like that. Because you're just like, what the fuck is going on? He's puking blood everywhere. Yeah, you don't get close to, close to touch the guy. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. <laughs> Which, first of all, that was my... I was kind of yelling at the TV, but I mean, that guy was a dumbass anyways. But that dude doesn't even know how to fucking hold a gun properly to shoot it. Okay, wait. I do have a question to add to our mm-hmm. questions going back. Why the fuck... When, what's his face? Ryder Strong. When he was found the fucking body of the vagrant in the reservoir. Yeah. Why'd he go poke it with a stick? Just yes. to confirm that it was that person. Who cares? It's exactly. What, the, the burned guy? Yeah. Yeah, I could have gave a shit. You know Who I mean? else like, would it be? Like, yeah. did you kill like a bunch of people? Or, well, you did. Well, but like... <laughs> I mean, the only thing else it could have been is I'm like, oh my god, it's another dead body. Also, Maybe this is where why the didn't the lady from the the farmhouse come searching for him? Who's that? Her cousin? Yeah, the hermit. Well, I mean, she didn't. Well, I guess she could have after the guys showed up because they kind of told him or told her that he was. Uh, he showed. Like they up were clearly her. being weird about it and then just fucking randomly left, or was she just too stupid to be like? Oh, there's something wrong here. Which I wonder if she even infected herself, dude, with all that pig blood she was wiping. Well, on. they they almost make you like lead you to believe that the pig was the cause of the infection. Mm-hmm. This pig's been this this pig's fucking sick. The meat's ruined. It's been running everywhere, infecting everything. Oh, see, I took it as like because the animals in the beginning of the hermit were already dead, probably from the infection. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know what I mean? It was just spreading around the area, regardless. Okay. Yes. Okay. Best scene, boys. Oh, yeah, we're still on best scene. I'm gonna go with a uh, deer scene in the. <laughs> yeah, that where was the brutal. Deer crashes through. That's so still fucking are... evil, dead dude. Where yeah, it's just fucking <laughs> fucking slap. I was laughing my ass off, dude. I'm gonna have to go with that one. <laughs> I gotta go with my best scene being the end when they finally show up and get their gun. <laughs> <laughs> it gave you so much closure on that, that other so scene. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Oh, so, moving on, it. did the opening scene hook you in? Absolutely. Yeah, it was pretty good, dude. I, uh, just the ripped open dog. Like, although it was kind of weird that like he was petting it. With already the huge gas kind of showing a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can tell it clearly wasn't breathing. Right. So I mean, there was a huge bloody hole here, but it was cool that reveal of it was actually like pretty much completely hollow. Yeah. It it, it it good. It's good because it sets the tone for the rest of the movie that this is like there's something wrong here. Right. Yeah. That, so, yeah, that that's quite up. possible, Heath. Everybody's immune. Chad. Uh, you know what? We might have to watch the sequel for that. Okay. Yep. I don't think anybody could be mean to a flesh-eating bacteria. So that's true. Like said, because man, at the I'm end, pretty... it pretty much leads you to believe that everyone's getting infected now. Because uh, douchebag officer didn't dispose of the body the proper way and just threw him in the water. Right. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think this series leads into just zombies. Like, which I guess kind of makes sense, but I don't know. Okay. I might just I'm sure it gets, I'm sure by channel. that point it gets ridiculous. But. Also, can we talk about the struggles of watching this movie that we had this week? You mean like just actually We we it? talked more about where to watch this fucking thing than we did actually the film. Like leading up to this. 
Yeah, it was... Because it was so confusing because of the remakes and the sequels and yeah, everything else. it was a little else. hard to find. And I know, just a couple months ago, it was on, like, Shudder and all yeah. these different things. And that just disappeared. It's crazy. Like, I... The only places to find it are Hulu... Or not Hulu, uh, Vudu, uh, Prime, and on... Uh, I got it on Redbox On Demand. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Right. Uh, and I way, think, I got actually... It on, you... I got it on demand Redbox, and I didn't feel like shelling out the extra buck for high def, so it was standard def. And it still looked crystal clear. Yeah, I only watched it in 720p on the 4K, and it still looks decent. Yeah. I mean, it was boxed to hell, but it works. Oh, uh, I, I got it on Amazon with the full HD. Well, um, look at you. Hey, I wanted to treat myself, dude. <laughs> For once, treat, I'm not the... Uh, treat yourself. Treat yourself to a $4 rental. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was... Uh, yeah, no, I should have. I could have actually bought it because it was four dollars or it was three ninety nine to rent it. And I think it was like five ninety nine to buy it or some bullshit. <laughs> I just bought it. Oh well, this might be worth tracking down and picking up on Blu Ray. Absolutely, I agree. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Okay, so the opening scene hooked us in. Uh, oh, easily answered. Best tits, hottest girl. Swing, swing, tentpole. <laughs> She's a babe. She's magically babelicious. Yellow Ranger. Uh, yeah. Yeah, brunette. Yeah. What, what was it, Marcy? I believe her name was. Yeah, that is two Marcy. films in a row that we have Power Rangers. <gasps> You're right. Two Yellow Rangers at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is sweet. Oh. I don't think we could say the same for next week. No. What, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure next week is Night of the Demons too. Yeah. We go back to Angela's house to have a <laughs> party. I can't wait. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know, I'm answer, excited answer, to watch that. Heath, Heath, the one that's on Netflix is the remake. Okay. Okay. He said it was on Netflix Saturday. I already looked. It's, it's the remake. It was the Netflix Saturday. It's the remake, Heath, and it would look nice on a 19-inch TV. That is <laughs> right, Dan. That is right, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, moving on. Did the score set the mood? Yes. Yes, I, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. Moving on to best. Was there any songs? Best song? Uh, none that actually. Not really, I nothing that of. jumped out at me. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of null and void because I don't remember any songs at all. Yeah. Which is strange considering that they were. And by the way, how weird was that whole campfire story about the, the, the bowling? Right. It was so. Thing? Doesn't go with the film at all. I'm thinking it was just, you know, filler. One of those yeah. campfire story things. Like, the whole scene could have just... Well, you got to think, the whole movie is almost an ode to other films. Yeah. The more I we kinda, talk about like it, it, Jason Goes to Hell, Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, like all of these things, like that could have been a Friday the 13th ode for all we fucking know, Campfire Story. Part two. Exactly. It could have just been just to add a little bit more gore to the movie. Exactly. Think about Eli Roth. What is he before? He's a filmmaker. He's a horror fan. Mm-hmm. So like this whole film is just, it's his first film in the same way Adam did with his first film is that they wanted to fill it with as much stuff as they love as possible. So. That's a good right. And, and maybe those are just like old camp stories that he actually really enjoyed. So, you know. Or he it was a pitch short. that of a film that he wanted to make. Yeah. If you think about it, that's definitely an Eli Roth type film. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Robot Fox said apparently the, uh, the bowling alley killer is a true story. It happened in Eli Roth's uh, hometown. Well, there we go. Well, then that's exactly what it is. That's cool. Thanks. Thank you wow. for the insight there, buddy. Thank okay. you very much, Robofuck. Where are we, Chad? We are on favorite character. Favorite character. Again, I would have to say Jeff, because not only is he a douche, he's, he's also a smart, a smart douche. douche. Yeah, exactly. 
I, I love for one, I love that actor to begin with, uh, Super Troopers. Uh, but I just that's think that's where he's from. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my yeah. god. I, I <laughs> yeah, buddy. I, I, I just I just like his performance. It's it's really natural and he's a good actor. And I think that he just played the, the whole douchey boyfriend really, like, really good. Yeah, I'd have to say that I enjoyed that. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, uh, I'm going to have to go with Bert as much of an idiot as he was. Okay. Like, I did get a kick out of Bert. So just is, because, is like, his hat a Florida University hat or is it just supposed to say FU? I think it just says FU. Okay, because we need to, like, I'm going to have Corey, like, put those together. I'm going to start selling fucking Gormore hats to say FU. On yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> all I could think of when I saw that, though, all I could think of was uh, Fred or no. How high? When oh, hold up. Hold things. up. Tyler Roebuck. I just heard him tell the story on another podcast. Are you two time and son of a bitch? <laughs> oh. You podcast whore. You fucking slut. You hussy. <laughs> those are our ear holes. <laughs> Continue. Okay, continue with, my, with the favorite character. Uh, I actually got to go with the shopkeeper. Okay. I love that guy. Future Lance. Future Lance, okay. yes. Future Lance. <laughs> Lance, we love you. We do. Oh, that guy just... It's just like the, the tone of his voice and his like happy demeanor is just so perfect with Lance. It's just like, that's the future mask by Lance shop. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be awesome. Hey, who's that part nine for? <laughs> Oh, that's one of them. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, good God. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so that's our uh, favorite characters. Was it scary? Scary, no. Cringe, st- yes. Yeah. I was going to say the cringe is definitely like there was some good spots. Like I said, man, that razor scene, dude, like that, if anything, made me just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> Right? He was a smart dude. Thank you. He- and that, that comment staying up the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah. Dirty, dirty whore. I want to say, actually, I do think it's scary because it's actually possible. This could actually happen. Yeah. Not as summer goes by that you don't hear about somebody getting a flesh-eating disease swimming down the ocean mm-hmm. or in the lake at- so this stuff can actually happen. Little things gets, crawling up inside your pee-pee. Yeah, and if it mm-hmm. could get out of here, oh. that could be a really frightening thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Where are we chatting? No. So I would say, yeah, I think it could really be a yeah. scary, scary movie. It really makes you think. Because it's so realistic, because the possibilities of infection are so realistic. I can right. I can feel that. Yeah. Right. John, thoughts, feelings. No, I uh I agree. It gives you the good um I like how they all start doing the panic too. You know what I mean? Like it, it's even though that the dumb guy, he's actually the smartest one at the get go. Cause he's like, Nope, fuck that. She's infected. She needs to be quarantined. Like, yeah, it was kind of a douche move, but at the same time, like it's probably the smartest move. Agreed. Question. Uh, until he drank the water right after, but question. What happened to Grim? He got ripped open in half in the cave. In the cave. Oh, by, by his dog. Yeah. That's how I took it. What? So what he saw was actually Grimm's legs. Yeah. And then when he tripped over his body. So I took it as his dog. That's why his dog was just randomly attacking things. See, I was wondering, right. I was wondering if he got mauled no, by a No, Grimm got infected and then his dog attacked him because he was infected. Wait, how did yeah. he get Yeah. Huh? I, I don't know. But that's but the dog was only attacking affected, infected people, wasn't he? Or was the dog just generally the dog was pissed off? To begin with. 
I thought the dog was... Or maybe like, the dog was infected, and that's why he was attacking people. That's what I kind of went with. The dog okay. was infected. That would make like, sense, then. It was the fever. Like, the dog was just mad at that point, and it was just attacking anything. It could be. It, could, it really could be. There's it's a just lot hard of, to tell. Because when you see Grimm's remains, he didn't really look infected. He was just, like, literally ripped in half. I, th- I That's why I thought, you know, maybe a bear attacked him. Because he was in a cave. Could have been a bear well, cave and just ripped it, him in half and dragged his legs back the hall, uh, back the cave. So maybe that explained maybe the dog was like, you know, mad or rabbit or whatever the fuck that shit is. I'll see what I can do, Dan. Killed him and then obviously would, started going after the other mask. ones. Okay. Would it have to have a, like a part nine hockey mask on the front? Would that be cool? Why not use our logo? Because it's a hockey ma- It's a fucking hockey jersey. You can tell the difference. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Continue. So it'd be the Gornmore <laughs> Gorehounds. Yeah. That'd be cool as fuck. Okay. They might be expensive, like but we can do it. Okay, continue. <laughs> jerseys aren't cheap to begin with. So, no, they're not. Does it hold up today? Yes. Because it's I better than t- the fucking remake. Brody says. <laughs> I was not having seen the remake, I, I'm i going to still say, yeah, it holds up. Dialogue-wise, eh, maybe not so much, but... Yeah, I was thinking the dog now. Dialogue-wise, yeah, it's definitely early 2000s. But, yes. Uh, but yeah, the rest of it does hold up pretty well. Substance-wise, it yes. holds up. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Great effects. Uh, great story, you know. Like no, we've already said. No CGI. And that's what we love. Ooh, <laughs> that is a very notable point. There is only one time where CGI can be used. It's in conjunction with practical effects to enhance said practical effects. That is the only time that I can see that CGI is acceptable. You know where CGI might be acceptable? Is if you're making a movie that's supposed to be set in a snowy environment and all the snow is already melted. So you have to add in some CGI snow later. Shots fired, Chad! (laughs) Shots fired! Oh my god! You know a certain director's out there laughing his ass off right now. Thank you for that. Just remember, I... I'm not beholden to any truce. That's true. I am not a part of either party. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just say more photos were posted today, confirming my theory. Just saying. Uh, anyway, moving on, moving on from the things that you guys have no idea what we're talking about. It'll, you guys will see. Eventually. Yes, you you'll, will you'll see. Find out soon. We're just gonna sit and watch, watch the world burn, uh, as we always do. Anyway, <laughs> was the acting good or bad? Acting was pretty good. I think it was they played their parts well. All of them did. Yep, even the over the top stuff. I think it was just supposed to be that hammed up. Oh, definitely, definitely. As like I said, you have to kind of throw in this dark comedy and over the topness to kind of balance out the, the the grimness and everything. Ooh, it it fuck. In fact, sucks dicks and cocks. Ooh, Ooh. both. Wow. wow. Just a skiing adventure there, huh? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Do you like the cinematography? I'll let you yeah, guys do it, good. and then I'll, I'll do the TJ breakdown, so. Uh, I liked it. I thought there was some... Uh, I like the actual, like, water shots and everything when they were all walking along. Um, I think that kind of started when she, the girl hit the canoe and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But then the shots of the reservoir and everything, I really like those two, even though him... Jumping on top of the body was fucking retarded. Uh, <laughs> I will fully agree with that. But no, man, like I liked. There, um, I think my favorite shot was 
when you see the dead body and it travels up the pipe and you see it going right into their cabins like faucet. Right. Like that was just a cool fucking long shot. Which that kind of that kind of has me. Ugh. Like, is that like does the reservoir actually work like that? Does it just get pumped straight from the water? I mean, people can happen? set it up like that, but you would. You got to think about have to go through some kind of processing plant. It's it's spring water at the end. Right. That reservoir is the runoff from the spring water. Was it runoff from the spring? Because it looked like it all came from the lake. It and could. Like, it could. And lake you know water what? is not clean. Okay, so that's what it could be. And you also got to think of the location. It's kind of like a backwoods type thing. So they wouldn't have like a processing plant or treatment plant like we have in town. So, yeah, I guess. It's still very primitive. It it could have been spring fed, but. True. True. We don't know. Again, how do I say it? We're looking too far into it. Either way, that uh, that lemonade at the end had some kick in it. (laughs) That's because we're not chasing waterfalls, Tyler. (laughs) There aren't any waterfalls. God damn it. There were some bloody waterfalls. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, I guess the cinematography was all right. I don't think uh, any shots really. It was not a Cundy movie. Movie exactly. There was no nice exactly. shots. No Cundy. But yeah, it was all right. I mean, no shots really jumped out of my mind. But I'm not really you know looking back and saying, oh man, that was really terrible. Exactly. So it was uh, kind of average, I guess. John. No, like I said, man. I besides that, like long pan thing, like. uh going up to the faucet there was a lot of i enjoyed like the scenic shots and shit like that uh and of course i like the uh big pan in on the random foot after the dog attack um bubbles burst (laughs) but no man i thought it was good like uh i like the lighting of it and everything there's uh you know it keeps coming to mind too a movie that I I still really liked the way it was shot just because it was so weird was fucking uh, the town that dreaded sundown remake. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I was kind of almost maybe expecting not a, a remake motherfucker. <sighs> Meta sequel remake. There we go. Bullshit. Meta sequel is what we're calling. It. How about we just say it's a continuation self-aware meta sequel. It's a transgender movie. Oh, you can't label it. Oh, <laughs> So it's a they them movie. It's genre fluid. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Perfect. Genre fluid. That's, That's going to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm genre fluid. I like it. But okay, cinematography breakdown. Let's talk about the coloring on that footage. As Chad says, it does vary because of the lighting situations, which I did notice, but didn't really have a reason for. And then Chad explained that. So yes, it makes sense. I do like the red tint in certain scenes. I do like how mm, yes. they did that because it's it's a certain style that's very specific to this film. I do like the throwback shots in reference to other films such as Texas Chainsaw. I think that that one shot was a direct, uh, how do you say, Easter egg in that film. And it's just the way if you guys fo- follow the camera, the way it just like pans around that corner is definitely really well done. Uh, the way that the house is esta- the establishing shot of the cabin, it was really it was done really well. And it kind of uh, was like an Evil Dead type feel. Because mm-hmm. it's it kind of like, okay, this is in the middle of nowhere type thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I do like the lake shots. I think that was beautifully done. I like how wide it was and how it kind of like really showed you the size of it. You know what I mean? 
Oh, fully, dude. Yeah. Like, it allowed you to fully, like, understand, like, the location. I think a lot of this really allowed you to, like, feel like you were in this location and understand it better. That's that's what I really like about the cinematography. But other than that, the film was done really well, especially with the budget they had. And I think that the lightings and some of the darker scenes, like the cave scene, was done really well. It wasn't too dark and it wasn't also too bright. I think that was done well. Uh, I like the interiors of the house. That was really cool because it's darker and it's more realistic to the cabin setting as in it wasn't too bright. And Evil Dead, it, it tends to be brighter as like, you know, it, there's, there's right. lights where they're not supposed to be to light the set. This is more natural feeling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel like this film, just the way the way it, it was made was just maybe like the limitations on the budget created it and allowed it to be what it is. You know what I mean? And, I, and I I've said this before that sometimes it's good to have that limitations because it forces people to be creative. And then through creativity is whenever we start seeing very unique and artistic things being done. Right. So, you start thinking out of the box a yes. little more. And this film is a prime example of that exact thing. Except for I still want to know what the fuck's in the box. Exactly. <laughs> no, that was a very good breakdown. And thank you for bringing up the uh, – I did have that written down. The cool red shots, dude, yes. like or like the dissolves. Like I thought – I don't know. It was interesting. Add a little, uh, little bit of difference to this. You know, I just want to say, if this is going to be our normal setup with me, if I have my laptop here, uh, we need some kind of decoration, like, right directly behind me, because there's uh, a blank... This is, like, the only actual blank spot on TJ's wall. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about getting a Texas Chainsaw 3D uh, poster, a 24 by 36, using one of the frames you got me, and then uh, sending it over and having Adam and Deb sign it. Nice. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Sweet. And then, it's the it's the white one, with uh, Jeb just standing there with the fucking chainsaw, mm-hmm. so it's like a whole whitewash, and it's just him in red. So it's really fucking cool, and like it's not the, the typical one. So that's yeah, I think that would look dope right there. But also in the posters behind you is a five and a half foot wide uh, subway banner for Stranger's Print Night. Nice, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, guys, moving forward, what's our next one? Uh, do you like the premise? Yes. Yeah. Like we said before, it's because uh, it's so realistic, it allows it to be scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is real life horror. This isn't like. Fucking Walking Dead, Dawn of the Dead, zombie bullshit. This is stuff that can actually happen. This is more like the setting it up for that. Right. You know what I mean? And that that's, I think it was really well done. I'd agree. Um, I like the realism. Like, yeah, just a dead body infecting the water supply. Okay, to answer like, Robofuck, where we put this on Eli Roth's career, I actually think this is probably his best film. Of the ones that I've seen. I'm going to agree with you, Chad. I mean, I like Hostel. I'm not a torture porn guy, and I will never. I liked it when I first saw it, but looking back, I'm like, I don't really. I, like I didn't care. Much. I didn't give a shit about Hostel. It didn't do anything for me. Like I saw it in a theater, it was good, but I watched it again after that. I'm like, eh, okay, but yeah, this is probably his best movie. Okay. I'm trying to think. I, other than this, I don't even. I can't even remember what else he's done that I've seen. Uh, Green Inferno was okay. Yeah, I think I like I like this better than Green Inferno. Yeah, I've read a lot of mixed bag reviews. Um, you're better I'm, off. I'm not a big Cannibal fan Holocaust. of Cannibal films to begin with, unless it's Texas Chainsaw and yeah. Hell's Have Eyes. Right, right. The Cannibals. It's not my thing. Yeah, I feel that. I did. I will say uh, I did like him in Inglorious Bastards, even though he didn't direct it. Did you know he was in that or no? Say it again. He was in Inglorious Bastards. Yes. I yeah, he's one of the. Isn't he? Is he, he, he the bear Jew? Hand. He's bear Jew, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. When he's fucking coming down the hall, fucking with the baseball bat. Yep. Fucking love that scene. It's great. The whole fucking <laughs> thing's great. 
Not gonna see. Yeah, dude, I know. I haven't watched it. So, dude, that fucking the whole the finger in the fucking uh, leg wound. Yes, <laughs> that shit was great. Oh, but anyways, back so, to this on. awesome. Uh, movie. Yeah. So that was the last of the questions. Now we get to recycle, rewind, remake. Rewind. I'm gonna re- rewind yep. for gonna days, rewind baby. Rewind. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to listen to our fans. If the reboot sucks, they all say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I just don't understand the need to make remake a movie that scene that, that soon after it came out. I agree. All, all I can figure is is just because of the the lingo in it. That'd be the only thing I could. The only reason I could see it. If all there's right. a if there's an opportunity to make money, Hollywood will do it. But it didn't That's make true. money. Exactly. I think it went like straight to video. So what was the point? Oh, it did, didn't it? Hmm. I don't think that it had a theory. 2016, correct? Yes, 2016. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. As Heath Helsing says, the bear Jew. Exactly the bear Jew. Yeah. Uh, rating. I'm going to give this motherfucker a 4.75. Wow. Wow. I, I enjoyed it. I really fucking enjoyed it. I think I'll give it a four and a half, a four point okay. five. I'll agree with Chad. Four and a half. So that should come up to about a four point six, four point six. Four point six. Gore Moore score for Cabin Fever. That's a high score for such a fucking film. That's awesome though, because it definitely embodies the whole thing of Gore Moore. It's uh, yes, it's a perfect example of what we would have chose for this uh, show. I'm sad that uh, we didn't have Mr. Mona here to talk about his pick, but right. we'll get a little bit of it next week from him. Yes, 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 we will. Uh, rewind so, for sure. That's right, Heather. Yeah, Chad, Tyler says it's too soon for a remake. Yeah, I could. You got to give at least a good 20 years in between to give it to even start talking about a remake. Yeah. And there's some things that you don't even want to talk about remake. Lost but Boys. This isn't one that I would even feel needs it. There's like, there's really no reason to. The gore is great. It's mm-hmm. still filmed good. It still looks great. Mm-hmm. Like, so what are you going to improve on it? Exactly. I don't know. What, because fucking uh, Sean from Boy Beats World's not in it? Is that about it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for the general discussion portion of our show. And we got some toy news for you guys from New York oh City's Toy Fair. Chad, hit us with that beautiful news. Well, coming out of Toy Fair this weekend, we've got some pretty uh, pretty interesting things coming up. What would you guys like to talk about first? What is your favorite thing that you saw coming from the Toy Fair? My favorite thing that I saw. We were going horror talk, or you can do whatever you want, dude. It's open discussion. Keep man. it horror. I'm gonna start talking wrestling. Okay, horror wise. <laughs> hey, you know what? To be fair, you could talk wrestling all you want yeah. because they just dropped your fucking wrestling figures there, dude. I know. And they're <laughs> all yeah. To, to be so fair, I mean, like you're I fair said, game on that. So my favorite thing coming out is, and I mentioned this to you, John, was the Quintesson figure coming out yeah. for the Transformers line. I've been waiting 30 years to get one of those. And I think it, it's, they're kind of the, not really transformery, but they added like a transforming... A, a, they, they, they transform into some kind of like holding cell for Transformers. Right. Which is kind of cool. Oh, that's but, cool. But there's a button on it where you press the button, it switches faces, it rotates around. I think that's a really cool feature. That's awesome. Oh, sweet. Uh, old Power Rangers toys had that. You get to click on the belly and then the yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. cool yeah. shit. It was unmaster, master. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it was. Yep, yep. But I if we're going for horror figures that are coming out, my pick for that 
has got to be uh, Chief Brody. And <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I'll work on that. Nice. I'll work nice. on that. Nice. That'll be a Power Hour fucking sponsor. Nice. You fucking know it. I will get you discount codes on fucking dildos and pocket pussies. Okay, for, any, for anybody that's just getting the audio-only version, Tyler Robofuck just said, <laughs> you said toys and I merely thought you had a new sponsor, Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yes! But going back to the actual toys from Toy Spare, and yes. NECA, like I said, is releasing uh, Chief Brody and Quint from Jaws. I, I did figures. see that. That was so good. That is spot-on likeness. That and the... Um, the alien 40th anniversary figures of um, uh, Brett and Parker. Okay, yeah, I did see those. Those do look really well. Those are sick. Um, Can we talk about the one third scale Michaels? Absolutely. Those, those Wait, look really good. The unpainted ones? No, the the seventy eight, the four, and the five. The one third scale. Oh, I don't know if I saw. NECA announced them one hundred and twenty dollars a piece, and they're cloth figures, and they're oh, they're similar to the sideshow collectible ones. But oh, they're no like the, they're not that level because you know they're 120 bucks. Uh, but yeah, they look really good, and it and it looks like they went that route instead of going you know the ultimate action figure route, which they've done the last couple of years. And yeah, I'm happy right. to see that they're kind of stepping up that game and going to that next level. And NECA kind of didn't focus around that. They did figures, they did toys, they did a, did a whole bunch of shit that kind of really allows them to expand their uh, their inventory and really touch parts of the market that they haven't before. So they're kind of touching into the uh, sideshow collectibles niche of the market where it's the higher end premium figures. And Sean from his name was Jason says, are the clown from trick or treat studios? Yeah. 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 That's a really nice one. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, for horror. I think the ones that I'm going to get is uh, the two NECA Victor Crowley's man, the legit yeah. one. And then the Toonie Terror. Oh, two. the Toonie Terror Beetlejuice. Can we yeah, talk about was, it? And, <laughs> yes. Uh, Chucky and Tiffany they're bringing. Yeah. And I just got to oh, say, I am absolutely sick and tired of seeing Bride of Chucky version of Chucky everywhere. Right. I agree. Bring Give me Child's Play two, 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. Even 3. Like, yep. Yeah. I saw somebody the other day had a Child's Play 2 Chucky like prop, mm -hmm. like an actual one. And because the way the guy stored it, Chucky turned brown. Really? Chucky was yeah. A yeah. He, uh, it, it's, it, I guess it's the way that the, the, the the flesh tones deteriorate over time and the way that the person stored it caused all of the literally the whole doll to turn brown no shit it was gnarly looking well, thanks for bringing it up and I, I brought that up in the chat before and i don't think i mentioned it on the podcast is isn't it NECA that's putting out the uh the chucky skull yeah the part two yeah yep. that i'm really looking forward to the, like the mechanical yeah. type thing yeah it's fucking sweet yeah you need i really one want one of those yeah. dude that would look so, sick up there on your shelf i was gonna say uh to keep it with toy store or keep it with the toy shit my biggest thing obviously as you guys know was the fucking huge gb line yes they just fucking busted a load Ooh, of ghostbuster oh my stuff god right? dude so the announcement of all the after the new toys from the new movie uh afterlife like my daughter's already like giving me the fucking list of daddy i want this and this and this i'll like trust me i'll get you the whole fucking schmear <laughs> like i don't give a shit what i love you want it i'll I love that I love that they're re-releasing the old real Ghostbusters figure. Well, that's Complete the one the that packaging. I want. Yeah. Like the OG Kenner Series 1 old school fucking Ghostbuster line, dude. Like I'll get two of them so like one she could play with and then one I'll just fucking keep it on the shelf. Hell you know? yeah. Those are awesome. Um, but oh my God, dude, they fucking that. And then they got a, like another series like 
they got two other series like so one's the like the previous NECA ones like the diamonds or whatever the fuck right. they're called and then there's another one that is the original guys but it's more of like a cartoony version mm-hmm. and supposedly there's rumors speculating around the community that they think that might be a hint to a potential upcoming animated series they might be doing with that style. I like that. I like that. I obviously could only hope. Uh, it, I think it could be, you know, that's probably a stretch, but it's very possible because as we all know, there's a lot of stuff with uh, in the toy industries that have exposed things before the movies themselves have come out. Um, and one I kind of hope is with the kids Ghostbuster toy. The fucking trap is on the wand. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's going to be an upgrade in the new movie. Oh, I could I would bet, yeah. But uh, did you also see the new NECA Queen that they are coming out with? No. That, that NECA Alien Queen? No, I didn't see that. Dude, it, the fucking box was like this big. Whoa, all kind that's of hunched gnarly. Down. Yeah. Um, that looked pretty good. Dude, they, they had a bunch of aliens uh, figures. All new Evil Dead figures they were coming out with too, Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. That'll be like, something I have to pick up. Oh. Oh. Ah. Sorry, let me get the mic out of there. Ah, there we go. Nice. That's sexy. That was courtesy of my uh, sister from Halloween Horror Nights. Nice. I'm so sad I never got to go to that. Maybe next, maybe this year. But uh, let's see. Dude, they had some fucking Ninja Turtle toys they just dropped out. I just saw those today. Did you see the NECA animated Ninja Turtles figures coming out? The based animated on, based and on the old the, 80s animated cartoon. Yeah. Yep. That and the uh, dude, they had the Triceratops and everything, man. Mm-hmm. Like the whole fucking gang. And then they had uh, they had this sweet new Super Shredder, dude. If so I got cool. any of them, I'd probably want that. That was pretty cool. But yeah, man, if you were a nerd and you were loving fucking toys, this weekend was just. It was ridiculous. (laughs) They announced uh, on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, they announced the first wave of the first six uh, AEW figures, which was Chris Jericho, uh, Young Bucks, Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and I'm missing somebody. But anyway, yeah, at Toy Toy Fair, they announced wave two, along with two variants of each figure, uh, a belt and two rings. We get a big ring and a smaller ring. that's really cool because a company that has been around for a little over six months has an established toy line and starting next month will start making a profit. Oh, fucking yeah. That is fucking cool seeing that they're going competing directly against the biggest wrestling company in the world, beating them in ratings consistently every week. This sounds really familiar. This sounds really familiar. <laughs> uh, re- <laughs> it's just, it's really nice to see a company like that just come out of nowhere and just fucking blindside mm-hmm. the WWE and just literally, like like Chris said, like, wow, like already, like so much success in such little time. It just goes to show like the quality that they, the quality of wrestling that they show us every week. It's I would just like to know where they got the sculptors from for the figures. They, like, did they did they poach them from Jack's Pacific or something? I don't know. They they kept calling it uh, Matt. What is it? Matt's wife. They kept calling her, and uh, Wicked Cool Toys is who makes them. Nice. And I guess they no just shit. did really good on the likeness because every single one of them wrestlers like exactly like yeah. the fucking wrestlers. It's amazing. They they did a really good job, and the accessories are fucking sweet. Kenny Omega's figure, to be uh, specific, and the articulation 
is nothing to fuck around with. They said like 22 points of articulation. That it's it's serious shit. Well, when you have a wrestling figure, you have to have articulation. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just not. And the crazy thing nothing. is, you look at those and then look at the Mattel WWE figures. We're going with Wicked Cool Toys every day because there's okay. more articulation on those. Like fuck yeah, dude. So like this is something that's not only like making them compete in ratings, but now in fucking toys. Right. So let's see how things pan out over the next year. I think we're definitely going to see a different, like a flux in the change of wrestling fans. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Especially after that AEW revolution, Moxley versus Jericho for the title. That's a big fucking deal. And the nice thing about this is people like to shit on the WWE. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. Yes. But with AEW doing how they are, how well they are for being so new, mm -hmm. the WWE is going to have to change and adapt and they're only going to improve. Exactly. Exactly. So, either way, we're getting some fantastic... And wrestling. there's already reports that they're... It's going as far as them changing match results the day of. Just to, like, create more... Like, more... Like, uh, more of an entertaining show just so they can compete. Because Triple H is running NXT and that's going right up against... Here's the thing. NXT's been around for 12 years. AEW's been around for, like, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. And it's beating it every week. Mm -hmm. It's an established brand that's getting this fucking shit on. And that just goes to show, like, just the level. It's it's nuts. Yeah. And like I said, WWE's got to change. It is. They're going to have to improve. They're struggling right now, but we, they're, they're already feeling the effects. And I guess Vince even brought up AEW in a stockholder meeting. And that means it's working. Which is funny, because I can remember a time when everybody said that uh, TNA yes. was going to be the big And during and they were for a while. 2005, 2006? Yeah. Yeah, that was around the time Awesome Kong and Gail Kim were like feuding. And then, right. Yes, yes. Is that the one that the, uh, was it the fucking Bubba Twins or whatever they went to? Yeah, uh, Jeff Jarrett started it after, uh, yeah, what was it, Daisy? That, I was going to say, that's kind of when I fizzled out of my uh, wrestling stint. Yeah, it was really yeah. big there for a while, and then it just jumped networks, and now it's just Impact Wrestling. Uh, mm. Billy Corrigan owned it for a while, but Billy Corrigan now owns the NWA, uh, and he runs NWA Power. But now Impact Wrestling's on Axis TV, along with New Japan Pro Wrestling, Women of Wrestling, and then like another promotion. So it's it's really it's really cool because on Tuesday nights you can just watch wrestling all fucking night long, and I'm yeah. so happy because I do a 12 hour overnight shift and I just fucking watch wrestling the whole nice. time. And then everyone's like, "Where do you have time?" It's like, I do. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I think when Christian was in TNA, that was his best stuff he's ever done. Corey said to stop talking about wrestling. <laughs> right, you gotta save it for the other show. Yeah, sorry, Corey. We'll t we'll talk about it later. Okay, that's enough wrestling talk. Oh shit! So, was there anything else from the toy uh, the toy fair that interested you guys? Anything that everything looked really good. Uh, shout out to Brandon Scott Murphy. He announced recently that he did a piece for Mezco Toys that he can't announce to the first. But uh, huge shout out to him, man. Congratulations on that big of a fucking deal. Yeah, it's cool. It's he said that they showed it at their booth, but he just can't tell tell us yet. But I guess it's really cool. So I'm that's excited awesome. to see that. Uh, Brandon Scott Murphy. Is this what you meant? That's what you mentioned to me. Yeah, earlier. mentioned yeah. earlier. Uh, Brandon is made me my Jethro bust for my Freddy versus Jason thing that's coming. Uh, Fuck yeah. He also worked with me on the Hearts of Darkness movie. So, yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. I did. I so, did. I did want to mention one more thing that apparently they are bringing back GI Joe in the action figure line. Real American hero. There's another big thing coming out of Toy Fair. Nice. I mean, I never really got into the GI Joe figures that much, so yeah. Right. I had a few, and I had a tendency to accidentally break them all because you'd twist them so far 
and then the rubber bands <laughs> holding the bodies would break. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, dude. Oh fuck. What's up, Scott? Um, yo, man, like I said, the Ninja Turtles, the, the Transformers were awesome. And then with the when they showed it at the sh- uh at the show there, I think that was awesome when they dropped the announcement for the new Netflix series too, I believe. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the trailer yet, have you? I have, but the audio quality was real shitty, so I haven't seen like a good, good quality version of it. Brody wants but to know. I, I actually continue, Chad. I actually thought that that was Peter Cullen doing the voice for Prime, but I guess it's not. Oh, sounded pretty close. That's what I thought. Autobots roll out. I love it. Listen, man, that the original Transformers movie was the most hard hitting child movie that because they kill Optimus. That was no, yeah, within the first yeah. fucking five minutes, dude. Like, it holy shit, want to know how to establish a toy line? <laughs> right, that's kill exa- off the main. That is exactly why they killed them off, is because yeah. they were discontinuing those figures, mm-hmm. dude. Like, that was literally like one of the most traumatic moments as a child. <laughs> Brody wants to know if there's any Power Hour news. I am doing pre-pro on episode one, setting up everything. I am looking at special guest Trent Haga to do the first episode. If you guys don't know him, uh, Terra Firmer from Troma and Doc, while he plays, no, Killjoy the Clown in the Killjoy movies. Killjoy Goes to Hell, Killjoy 3. Fucking funny, dude. Those films are fucking great. I just think that me and him just letting loose would just be nothing less than entertaining. Uh, so you guys stay stay tuned. That stuff's gonna be releasing in March. Head on over to the Dubac. Well, actually, no, go on to my Facebook at facebook.com slash host with laymost and look at my trailer for the power hour edited and performed. Well, edited by Brody Kane, music by Heath Helsing and Brody Kane and Maddie Shaw. Thank you guys for fucking helping me. Logo. By the sexy and handsome Corey Kaufman. God damn that mustache. Oh, I'm fucking wet. <laughs> oh, anyway. those mustache rides are fantastic. And uh, he says, I guess there is a Masters of the Universe movie coming. Yes, uh, Kevin Smith is working on it. No, that's a TV series. It's a, oh, it's a TV it's series. It's a movie yes. too, but I don't, I don't know oh. if it's going to Netflix. Mark before. Hamill is voicing Skeletor. Yes. Yes. Yep. Dude, there's a lot of big names. Dude, that is an all-star cast. I want to see fucking Beast Wars come back. You know what the best part about Beast Wars, Beast Wars the video Wars game was? Back. Is that you could take Beast Wars and then play it in a CD player and it would play the soundtrack for the PS1 game. Nice. Yep. Nice. Uh, Beast you Wars, do- uh, to, to answer Robofuck, there is a rumor that they are working on three more Transformers live-action movies and one of them is supposed to be a Beast Wars movie. I didn't think that was a rumor. I thought they already put out uh, pictures of Optimal Prime. News to me. Oh, I saw them the other day, and they look pretty sweet. Unless they were just concept art, which could be very well could be. But who doesn't like concept art? Well, I'd say that is all for this episode. We're about an hour and a half in. That's and we talked a lot, guys. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the fans on the live stream for interacting with us, making comments, sharing the posts. I know that we got this live stream over to at least. 6,000 people while we were alive and that's fucking cool and that was only because of gore hounds and supporters that just share the fuck out of this when we're live thank you for tuning in every week the audio only version will be up as soon as my hands heal uh the do back website is back up we had a couple issues there but everything's fixed now so you'll be able to stream all your favorite podcasts again all shows will resume their normal scheduled release time 
after my of course my stitches come out and I'm able to produce things again. There will be a huge dump of audio. I do have literally files just chilling, sitting on the computer ready to upload. It's just <laughs> I can't edit with one hand. It's it's a bitch and a half. I've tried for you guys. It's just not possible. So patience. You will get all your content. We will continue doing live streams. Uh, that's just the way that you're going to have to view this. I, I apologize for the setback, but shit happens in the way what Corey Kaufman says. It is what it is. And you just got to fucking deal with it. But it, to, to give everybody, it's probably one of your stitches is supposed to come out because Friday. Yeah. So you're looking at a few days, guys. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. But thank you for tuning in on another wonderful episode of the Gormore podcast. We missed Bobby Amone, but he'll be back next week. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, signing off. This is your Dark Lord of Knowledge, Chad Christman, saying goodbye, bitches. And this is Big Johnny D saying, see you later, Gorehounds.